Check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border to Border, 106.1 ESPN. Welcome to October. I am your host, Matt Josephs, taking you up until 4 o'clock. Bob Black in the sports huddle from 4 until 6. I will join him from 4 until 5 to uh, argue with Bob or disagree with his takes, whatever it may be, his opinions, uh, whatever it may be. We'll do that from 4 until 5, and then Bob will uh, disagree with me when I'm not there, 5 until 6. Uh, him and AJ will talk about me behind my back. It's fine. That's what we do here in the uh, in the radio business. Uh, 804-327-0888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. Uh, if you want to get involved, uh, tweet me at midmajormat. Stacey Swear is at ESPN Richmond. Got a lot to get into. It's a Monday, so you know we have no guests. I don't, I don't want to do guests on a Monday. There's too many things to talk about. Um, certainly, we'll spend at least a segment, maybe two, or an elongated segment on the game yesterday. And as a reminder, I am doing this segment and this show in a uh, Brian Dawkins Eagles jersey. Um, We'll talk about that. We will talk about um, tech. All is right in hokey land. Everything is great. Everything is great. So we'll talk about that. Um, Everything is not great. And let's see, Virginia, Richmond, William & Mary. Uh, JMU won. But, like, I mean, really, do I, like, I mean, do I really have to, like, say that? Like, it's just expected. Jamie won. You won't hear anything different unless they are off, in which case they didn't win, which is what's happening this week. Because that's all they do is just win. You put everything in front of them. That's all they do is win. Uh, they're starting to get votes in the top 25 polls, so we'll touch on all the college football. Of course, there is Major League Baseball playoffs the next three days. Uh, no show for me tomorrow. No show for me on Wednesday. And who knows? We'll see what happens on Thursday. Uh, but uh, we are your home for the Major League Baseball playoffs, 106.1 ESPN. We've got the ESPN playoff coverage. Um, I will find out which games we're doing because obviously there's the hour interlap. Uh, I think there's a game at 3.30 and a 4.30 and then there's night games as well. So uh, there's the night game as well. Or maybe there's not. No, there is. There is one overlap. So we'll tell you which games we're airing. We're definitely airing the Phillies series because obviously we are. Uh, going to air the Phillies series. And the Braves are off. Uh, So you will not hear any of them. They begin potentially, I think, Friday or Saturday is when they begin. So we'll keep you posted on the Major League Baseball playoffs. But uh, a lot to get into on the game yesterday. And as you guys know, as you listeners know, I mean, I like to think that for the most part, I am unbiased when it comes to the Washington Commanders. Even when they play the Eagles, I try and look at it from both directions. I try and look at it from all angles with regards to that game yesterday. Obviously, I'm happy the Eagles won, um, but there are lots of things on both sides of the equation that uh, we kind of need to discuss. And the first thing is the poll question for today at Mid-Major Matt at ESPN Richmond. Uh, should Ron Rivera have gone for two at the end of the game? And I'm not even hiding the bias here. The three options are, hell yes... Yes, no, I'm scared like Ron. You can vote at Mid-Major Matt at ESPN Richmond. Flat out, before we even play the clip as to why he didn't do it, flat out, he's a coward. We can no longer call him Riverboat Ron. There was no reason for them not to go for two. 
I 1,000% go for two. I 1,000% don't care that they were, quote unquote, tired, which you'll hear in just a second. I don't care if you thought that you couldn't give your rookie that situation. You are a nine-point underdog on the road against an offense that, for a large part of the day, figured things out against your vaunted defense. And you have an opportunity as you move down the field. I think it was what, like 60 something yards, 65, 67 yards, whatever it is. You move down the field in less than a minute and you scored a touchdown. Of course, there are things that you got lucky about the roughing the passer, which is not a roughing the passer. The uh, fact that the quick pass to the goal line that was dropped with one second left, that was sheer luck. Um, there shouldn't have been an extra play. Hal got lucky because it was a dumb decision to throw the ball, and it was great that McLaren dropped it there. You had all these things go your way. You're on the road, and you're getting the ex- essentially the same headlines you would have gotten anyway. The headlines in the Washington Post, the Washington Times, all over Red, uh, Commander's Nation is close, but no cigar. Well, if you go for two and you don't get it, guess what? Everybody still has the same headlines. Close, but no cigar. But we applaud our head coach for believing in the offense and believing in his team and believing in Eric Bieniemy for coming up with the perfect play in that situation. Instead, you get the same headlines, and now everybody's wondering about Ron Rivera. And by the way, here's the thing, and I'm going to keep harping on this because I still think this is 100% true. Ron Rivera is coaching for his job, his livelihood in the NFL. He'll probably find another job. Maybe he'll be a coordinator, whatever. Like, that's just what happens. These retreads keep finding jobs no matter what. But, like, Ron Rivera is coaching for his livelihood in D.C. And every little chance that there could be something put on the negative side of his ledger, they will. And this was a negative. And guess what? And this might be me going a little too far. But let's say the Commanders win that game. Let's say they come up with the perfect two-point conversion play. Guess who's getting a lot of the credit? Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy's getting a lot of that credit. You know who's probably... I mean, Ron Rivera still will get credit because he, he said, yeah, go for two, but it's Eric Bieniemy's play. You know what's going on with the Commanders? The Commanders' offense has been awesome. The defense has not been awesome. You know who coordinates the offense? Eric Bieniemy. You know who and I'm this is my this is my my thing. They they hired Eric Bieniemy to move him one seat over. And what we've talked about with all the guests and everything is if the offense is the good part of this team and they still don't make the playoffs, every indication as far as I'm concerned is they will fire Ron Rivera, they will move Eric Bieniemy over and not even think a second about it. And so I think there's a small 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 part of Ron Rivera that said I don't want to win this game and give Eric Bieniemy the credit. Probably not. That might be going a little too far. This is uh, what Ron Rivera said after the game about why he didn't go for two. Um, yeah, but you know what? Those those guys, you know, they were they were gassed. They really were. I mean, it was a long ass drive. They were, they were hurrying. They're hustling. Um, you know, I, I really thought you know we we got we had the chance. You know, and and, and that's too bad. You know who else was gassed? You know who else was on their heels? The Eagles. Like, seriously? You're going to tell me that an offense... So let's say you needed to go for two. I mean, obviously they would have gone for two, but like, would you have said after the game, well, we didn't get the two-point conversion because we were tired? Like, seriously? Is this what we're really doing? 
We're telling everybody, like, okay, make some other excuse. Like, hey, you know, we couldn't come up with a play in time. We couldn't do this. Like, somebody was injured. Whatever. Your excuse for not going for two in this situation was the offense was too tired. Oh, the offense was too tired. Like, I just... I don't understand it. I do not understand. There is every indication, and I understand. Look, you, you know, you the, the the commanders should be in the playoff hunt, and the commanders are. Uh, there's way more positives than negatives, and we'll get into all that stuff coming up. But like, you want to convince your team why you should be the head coach? You want to convince your team that you believe in them? Go for two on the road in Philadelphia. Chances are you weren't going to win that game in overtime. Now, we could talk about the Terry McLaurin play, which, by the way, I will say this. The Terry McLaurin catch in overtime. If they would have ruled that a catch, they would not have overturned it. This was the classic case of whatever was ruled on the field, there was not enough to overturn it. That's all. Because I already see all the, the Commanders fans on Twitter. They're like, well, congratulations on your win, Eagles. Congratulations. Terry McLaurin was in. Eh. They couldn't overturn it either way. They couldn't. And he stepped on the guy. Thank God for Eagles fans that he stepped on that, uh, um, stepped on him, stepped on his wrist. Because, yeah, he probably was almost in. But I think no matter what they called there, they wouldn't have been able to overturn it. So don't say that. Um, You know why they played as good as they did? You know why? The balance was there when it had to be. The balance was there. They ran the ball 28 times. They threw it 41. But if you look at what happened in that last drive, um, Sam Howell threw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 passes. So before that final drive with um, a minute 43 left, they had run the ball 28 times and threw it 31 times. I mean... This game, and I don't want to pat myself on the back. Maybe I'll let AJ do it. But, like, this is why the Commanders were so successful. They ran the ball. They ran the ball. They kept them honest, and they gave them quick passes. They gave Sam Howell great looks. Run the ball. And I don't know if this is one of those things where Eric Bieniemy is going to admit, like, you know, maybe I need to change my play calling a little bit. And six of those rushes were by Sam Howell. So you kind of have to adjust that a little bit maybe because some of them were, I think, one or two were called, and the others were just scrambles. But, like, when the commanders run the ball, they keep defenses honest, and then Sam Howell doesn't have to throw it every time. Of course, every defense is not going to, and this was the annoying part about the Eagles. The Eagles have a great pass rush, but the pass rush can't get there if the secondary is backed off five or six yards. Every throw that Sam Howell made was to wide-open receivers, it felt like. Because the Eagles, for some reason, their uninfinite wisdom, decided to play back and give these wide receivers free releases. I don't play a lot of Madden lately. I I don't obviously I've never played football, but to me, if you've got a really good pass rush that you have faith in, you play you push up the secondary and you play bump and run coverage. It's very simple to me. If you get beat deep, oh well, but guess what in theory Sam Howell doesn't have time. So Sam Howell had time and was able to complete open passes to his wide receivers. Um Terry McLaurin had a fine game. Terry McLaurin had a fantastic game. I think most of his receptions were open. Um, I think the defense was an issue. Uh, I think the defense was an issue because, I mean, the Eagles rediscovered their their passing game, and they averaged 3.9 yards per run when they wanted to run it. They didn't even run it that much. 
They ran it 27 times. Nine of those were by Jalen Hurts. Some of those were probably called rushes. So the Eagles clearly saw something in Washington. And I'll tell you this, Emmanuel Forbes is going to be a good corner, I think, in this league. Don't talk trash to A.J. Brown after the first incompletion. I mean, I don't know about you, and I know that's probably what Fred Smoot would do at Mississippi State and then uh, with the Commanders, with the Redskins at the time. But maybe you should wait till like the third quarter to do that, not the first incompletion he forces. A.J. Brown's not a guy you want to screw around with. And then the last thing, and obviously it may not be the last thing. Um, the officiating was not good in any direction. In any direction. And I'm not going to say that this was any difference or anything like that, but I'll say this. Several plays in the first half went against the Eagles. The non-hold, the holding on the first drive of the game. Like, I don't understand. When did we have these Fox broadcasts and all these broadcasts where they don't show the penalties? Like, what's the deal with that? Nobody shows penalties anymore, or they show them, like, after the next drive. Like, we didn't see the holding, and the only shot that they had of the holding was the, the sky cam shot, and you couldn't tell anything. Ironic now that uh, gambling is becoming more popular. We're not seeing a lot of replays. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's just annoying. Uh, the P.I., I thought on pass interference you have to have catchable balls. The P.I. On, on James Bradbury was so far out of bounds, the guy couldn't have caught it anyway, and yet they call P.I. If you want to call holding, that's different. You could call holding on uncatchable passes. That's completely different. Maybe there was holding. There was the infamous offside on the tush push which, by the way, had never been called before. And by the way, if you zoom in on the, the play itself, Deron Payne's hand is is literally on the football. Or if not on the football, he is literally underneath the football, a.k.a. offsides. And yet they call the false start or they call the offsides on the, off, on the uh, Eagles offensive lineman. They missed the face mask on Jalen Hurts. The uh, Darius Slay pass interference, which also wasn't pass interference. Now, I've seen on, on Twitter the people pointing out that um, Landon Dickerson had a false start on the fourth and one tush push in overtime. Okay. But, like, if we're going to kind of relitigate the game, then you kind of relitigate the other plays. So... Um, and as I said, Terry McLaurin's catch was either going to be a catch not overturned or a not catch overturned. The Eagles got lucky there. I don't think he caught it. I certainly looked at it through eagle green glasses, but I don't think you could have overturned it either way. If they would have said it was a catch, they would have they would have kept possession. But it should have never gotten there because Ron Rivera is a coward. Ron Rivera is a coward. And I will say it now, and I'm done saying it in college, Thursday's a must-win for the Commanders. Thursday is a must-win for the Commanders because the Bears are in disarray. They blew that game against Denver. They told Chase Claypool not to come in to, uh, to the to facility. They did all these things. The Bears are not a good football team. The Commanders are a seven-point favorite. So if you didn't use the Commanders in your survivor pool, now granted there's better options this week, you could consider using the Commanders this week. I would go with the Miami Dolphins or the Detroit Lions this week. But like, if you wanted to, you could do it, although I don't play Thursday night games. But like Thursday night at home, presumably it's another sellout crowd. You're not going to get a lot of Bears fans. The Bears arguably are the worst team in the league. This is a must-win for A, the Commanders, and B, for Ron Rivera. Because if they lose, and they have all this extra time, and they're coming off the game where Ron Rivera didn't go for two, I could, I could sit there firing him if they lose Thursday night. 
is it arguable to say the Bears are the worst team? They are the worst team. Um, Who's even in the running? I mean, Denver. Denver for, I know they won that game, but Denver still for giving up that many points to the worst offense in football. Um, Trying to look at the records. I mean, the Jets with Zach Wilson are pretty bad, but their defense is awesome. Uh, Carolina's 0-4. They've scored less points than the Bears. Um, But yes, your point is is valid. It's not the Cardinals. Cardinals fight everybody. The Cardinals are going to, I mean, they're not going to be good, and you're going to pick on them a lot in your survivor pool, but... They could have lost by a lot more to San Francisco over the weekend, and they didn't. They haven't had a bad game yet. Um, they probably have not. No, I'm looking to see. I mean, look, I think obviously, the worst one was the Commanders one, and the Commanders have shown they're good enough. No, nah, the worst one was yesterday, but it's also understandable because the 49ers are the best. I mean, look, they played the Niners, Cowboys, Commanders, and Giants. It's four respectable teams. Actually, probably the Giants game was the worst because they blew they blew oh, that game. Right. The way they lost that game was the was was the worst for the Cardinals. So yeah, I'm calling it now. Thursday's a must win, and it's less of a must win. Be, uh, it's more of a must win because Ron Rivera was a coward and didn't go for two. No one in no one in Commanders Nation will break in a second. No one in Commanders Nation would be saying today if they went for two and didn't get it that. Oh, I wouldn't have gone for it. Nobody. There's not a single person. And guess what? In 29 other NFL cities or whatever we're at now, and that coach went for two, I think most people have been like, I'm good. We probably weren't going to win in overtime anyway. And Ron Rivera sat there with a straight face and told the media. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's got availability today. I don't know if he's talking today. I haven't seen anything. But he had a straight, with a straight face yesterday, he told everybody, the offense was tired. Seriously? That's embarrassing. That's a, that's a terrible reason. Like, come on. You had more time. I don't know how long it took after the game and the the the, like, the time in between. But, like, could you seriously? I, I just, it's ridiculous. Uh, 327-0888 that is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 is the area code. If you're a Commanders fan, you disagree that they should not have gone for two. And you like that. Call in. I'm, I'll give you your chance to, to say something. I'm, I'm going to disagree heavily with you. But... Um, if you agree, I always love hearing from people who want to agree. Or if you just want to talk about the game, overall, it was a very positive game for them. Other than the defense being poor and not being the shutdown unit we thought they were going to be all season, um, that was a that was a positive step forward. Sam Howell looked good. He didn't have uh, the large mistakes that that cost him in other games. Uh, so there was a lot to build off of for the Commanders. But I can't help but think all that positivity could have also been helped by just going for two because you probably would have gotten it. And then all of a sudden, now you have a win and you're tied with the Eagles for first place instead of being behind them. Let's take a timeout. We'll touch on some of the other NFL stuff. We'll also touch on some college football, a little baseballs. We take you up to four. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. Postseason action. The wild card round. Every team has a shot, and we've got the action live here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here. Uh, one last thing for now on the Commanders game. There's all this debate in Philadelphia about scoring a touchdown versus kicking the field goal and keeping the ball away from the Commanders. It's so funny because after we the first couple weeks the Eagles offense looks terrible. The Eagles aren't scoring enough points and now they score a touchdown. Everybody's like, well, maybe we shouldn't have scored a touchdown. But I mean, weird I, that Philly fans are acting like that. Shocking. I know. I know. By the way, can we get rid of taunting? 
the taunting penalty. Like, all game, Forbes and A.J. Brown were going at each other. All game. Like, can we get rid of the taunting? Like, it was dumb what A.J. Brown did, dropping the ball in his lap. But, like, they're they're yapping at each other the whole game. They're, they're, they're talking trash the whole game. Like, I just, I, I wish there was some chill in the NFL. Like, can we just let the players have some personality? It's starting to change from the no fun league a little bit. It's it's just annoying. Like, that let's never going to go, though. Let's, it, it, it's just, it, it, let's let these guys just play on the field. And that made a, a difference because they, you know, there was nothing but touchbacks. And so they were able to return the kick and the, and the commanders got great field position there. So, um, I just look if you're a Commanders fan, it's a must win. Must win Thursday night. It's these Thursday games are beneficial for the home team. And it's beneficial for the home team, especially when they're going against a bad team. I remember that game last year, um, which was, I believe, as we've talked about, a, a, also a Thursday night game where the two teams basically set football back years. That was the night that Carson Wentz lost his job. That was the time when Carson Wentz officially went bye-bye and it became Taylor Heineke's team. And it was, oh, it was a Thursday night. Thursday night in Chicago was 12-7. to 7. I'm looking it up now. I don't have that, that good of a photographic memory. Carson Wentz was 12-22 of 22 for 99 yards and no touchdowns and no interceptions. That was it. Because then he got hurt anyway, so it was Taylor Heineke's team. But, like, that was a bad game in Chicago, and they got the win as the road team. Now they have to defend home turf and win as the home team. Or else I I legitimately consider firing Ron Rivera if they lose this game. And dep- it all depends on how they lose. If the offense looks good once again, the defense, you know, craps the bed. Like, okay, that's a little different. But, like, I legitimately, and maybe that'll be a poll for later on this week, I legitimately consider firing Ron Rivera if they lose Thursday night. Am I wrong, AJ? Is this irrational of me? No, it's the most rational thing I've heard all day. Uh, 327-0888, that is the phone number, that is the text line, 804 is the area code. It's hard to win games in the NFL. It's hard. It's not easy. Like, everybody last night figured, all right, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes going against uh, Zach Wilson, like, that's it. They're going to win this game easily. They nearly lost, if not for um, the Patrick Mahomes scramble, if not for Zach Wilson dropping the uh, dropping the snap, if not for like one or two other things. But I'll tell you this, and here's the NFL fan in me, and not the pop culture person in me. And I didn't watch last night. I just was I was footballed out. I watched. It's October first. I started watching scary movies, but I was reading. I guess it was it's Jimmy Traina's article. It was either Jimmy Traina or um, the other guy. Um, uh, I forget what the other guy's name is. There's two guys in our industry. It was Jimmy Traina, who does an article for SI.com, who basically talked about how awful the broadcast was last night and how awful that basically the whole time they focused in on Taylor Swift. Like It might might as well not have had a football game. That's gross. And so here's the thing that they should have done. If they really thought about this, and once again, I'm in the I'm in the ideas business. I, I nobody this week did any Taylor Swift related commercials in terms of hey Swifties want to bet and take advantage of this budding relationship. Go to DraftKings and bet on Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, and you can win money for merchandise and tickets. Go Taylor! Like there you go. That's all you have to do. Um, NBC, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, NBC also has CNBC. MSNBC, 
I believe USA and those like are under the NBC network umbrella, correct? Yep. Why not just have a channel with a dedicated camera on Taylor? Just put it to, and put the game on the lower corner, much like the Manning cast. You put the game in the corner with the broadcast and everything, and you put a dedicated camera on Taylor. Because the NFL has become like the WWE and the UFC, and it's about entertainment and not sports. Otherwise, we'd be talking about the fact that the Chiefs do not have a wide receiver. But the fact is, ESPN has multiple channels. They put the Manning cast on. Put a channel dedicated to Taylor Swift and the broadcast, and I guarantee you that channel would have tremendous ratings, and it wouldn't intersect with the people. Because as Jimmy said in the article, they basically treated that like the Super Bowl last night in that they were going after the non-football fan. And I don't know, and I'd have to watch it, and I'm not going back and watching it. I don't really care that much, but like... You showing Taylor as much as you did, and uh, Mike Tirico, I think, basically started the broadcast and said, hey, Swifties, uh, we're excited to have you for the next three hours. Like, no. And by the way, the sideline report they said, the very first sideline report was Taylor Swift-related and Aaron Rodgers-related, neither of them playing in the game. And the amount of cutaways to both of them. And look, I'm I'm all for it, but now it's kind of to the point where the NFL Instagram, the NFL Twitter account, they're all referring to him, uh, referring to her, and it's a slightly dangerous slope because a lot of the Twitter follows and a lot of the people are starting to get a little annoyed. A little annoyed. Now, look, Chiefs fans are not going to turn the game off because that's just not going to happen. But, like, we're getting dangerously close. And, by the way, the Chiefs are playing at Minnesota at 425 on on Sunday. We're getting dangerously close to the oversaturization. And Roger Goodell doesn't care. Roger Goodell doesn't care. He's like, oh, Taylor Swift's at the game. Let's just go and zoom in on her. You know he called. You know, he said, like, hey, and you know that the broadcast, if he didn't call, maybe there's somebody who's, like, his lieutenant, whatever, who's like, hey, let's focus on Taylor. We're going to have a lot more audience members. It's just, we're getting, we're teetering that line. You know, the the reason why the Super Bowl is watched by so many millions of people are, you've got the diehard Super Bowl fans who bet on the game, who do the squares pools, who, who are legitimately invested in the game. And you know what they also do? They do the, um, they have the halftime show, and they have the commercials, and they have all this stuff wrapped into one, so that way, literally, there is no reason for anybody not to watch the game on Sunday. Okay? So, that's why the Super Bowl works. But in week four, when you have the Chiefs and the, and the Jets playing, and you're trying to make it like the Super Bowl, that just, that's just not going to work. You know what you do? You separate the channels. You know what was a hit yesterday? And I watched some of the highlights. The, the Toy Story game. I saw the highlights. It was corny as can be, but you know what? Kids probably enjoyed it. There were probably people who don't watch football who were who love Toy Story and sat there, and it was corny as could be, but you know what? They drew an audience, and they put it on a supplementary channel. Dedicate a channel to Taylor Swift and dedicate, put her in the right-hand corner and the broadcast in the bottom corner because you know what? The people who would watch the dedicated Taylor Swift channel are either people I don't want to know about because they're only watching her because she's gorgeous or because... They follow her career, and they literally do everything she does. That's the only people watching that channel. How is that entertaining to watch a pop star watch a football game? It's not, but it doesn't matter. There's people who watch. I mean, uh, Chris Long has a cha- ha- was doing a watch-along with the Eagles game. People watch that. There's, um, there's lots of people who do watch-alongs, um, and people somewhat enjoy that. 
I mean, I watch the Manning cast, and I love the Manning cast. I don't watch the normal broadcast because I think the normal broadcast is boring when the Mannings are there and they're interviewing guests and they're giving you insight and they're having fun with each other. To me, that's that's good. But it was very simple last night on CNBC. Nobody's watching CNBC. It was probably Shark Tank last night. And how many times can you watch the same Shark Tank over and over again? You'll get better ratings by slapping on Taylor Swift channel. I'm just saying. Can you give me two minutes on the fact that the Chiefs don't have a wide receiver? The Chiefs do not have a wide receiver. That their but, running but, back and their tight end did. But it doesn't matter. It's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes would take you, me, Bob, and and Robert and turn us into a winning team. They don't. You're right. And that could eventually hurt them. But until it does, we can't, you know. Uh, yes, the, their top receivers were the tight end and the running back and then another tight end. The tight ends had seven receptions. The wide receivers had uh, seven. This is gross. And the running backs had four. Okay. Well, then guess what? They should they should be able to beat the Chiefs, and the, the Jets nearly did. Now, the, the late pass interference penalty or whatever called, once again, I didn't watch, the, the penalty they had on Sauce Gardner apparently was not a good one. But then again, it shouldn't have mattered because you were going up against Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson's bad. Although the storyline, as we all probably would have thought, was that Zach Wilson was going to steal Taylor Swift away from Travis Kelsey because that's what Zach Wilson does. He steals your woman. No more catfish before the show, Matt. But I'm just saying, like, the NFL, it's getting dangerously close, and I don't know when the Chiefs' next national game is. And I don't know, like, obviously, look, I don't know her tour schedule. I don't know any of that stuff. But, like, oh, here we go. Thursday, October 12th, at home against Denver on Amazon Prime. As if we don't need Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit to awkwardly say things about Taylor Swift. As if we, please, I hope she starts going on tour because I can't, I can't do it. Oh, she's got a movie to sell. She's not going on tour for a little bit. So yeah, she's uh, over the next five weeks. They have two. They have a game overseas. Ooh, that'll be a test. Will she go overseas to watch the Chiefs and Dolphins at nine thirty a.m. And then after their bye week, they come right out with Monday Night Football against the Eagles. Then you're screwing with my game. Like I don't care if you put it on somebody else's game. I can easily get away with it. But like, if you're gonna put her on that game off a of bye week. Now you're now you're no, messing with me. I need to see that though. That's the thing I want to see. Where does her allegiance lie? That's the drama. I mean, that's the thing. I, as an Eagles fan, I am disappointed that. And but then again, as I've said, and this is kind of the last thing because you guys don't tune into this to listen to this. I don't think she can name five Eagles. I don't think she can name five. And, that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Let me clarify. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with fans who don't know a lot of the players. They root for their hometown team blindly. But like, let's not act like she's a huge Eagles fan. I, Look, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, I bust on her a lot. I actually think she did like the Eagles. I think she follows. I think she still is. I no. think this Travis Kelsey thing's just publicity. I, I think she does not. She follows the Eagles in that maybe she walked in when her dad was watching games and things like that. She's from the. She's from the Pennsylvania area. She's not even from the Philadelphia area. She's from like an hour away. But like she was an Eagles fan. Obviously, I, I don't know. There was a lyric about an Eagles T-shirt. And she's been seen wearing Eagles stuff. She I, seems pretty genuine. I don't think she knows who the Eagles quarterback is. I don't think she does. Uh, all right, we have to take a timeout. I can't do this anymore. Well, I'm losing listeners, and I don't have that many as it is. So let's move on. College football from over the weekend. Virginia Tech, good. JMU, good. A lot of other people, bad. We'll talk about that after this. 106.1 ESPN. 
this weekend, the Spiders entertained the Black Bears of Maine in a key CAA showdown. Catch all the action beginning Saturday afternoon at 3 here on 106.1 ESPN. Your home of the Richmond Spiders in the capital city. The capital city. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here taking up to 4 o'clock. Once again, no show Tuesday or Wednesday and possibly Thursday. I don't know because uh, we'll see what the schedule is. We are your home for Major League Baseball. 1061 ESPN. All right. So uh, college football. First off, some news from today. And I said, oh, God, I said this and then I still went through it anyway. I said, you know, I, I believe in NC State. And then I said I qualified every time, and, and AJ could say it, and Robert was here when I was taping a lot of the interviews. I said, I believe it. Every time you want to believe in NC State, they screw you. They stab you in the back. And they did, and they announced today that MJ Morris is going to start. I got suckered in. I can't believe what NC State I can't. I can't believe that Brennan Armstrong lost his job in Raleigh. Like, did Tony Elliott just break Brennan Armstrong? Um, I, I'm stunned. And I knew this was, I, I said to myself, I'm like, I can't believe in NC State. They never perform when you're supposed to. And here they are. Here we are, NC State losing to Louisville in an ugly game. And now they'll probably lose at home to Marshall coming up at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Um, But yeah, Brandon Armstrong's no longer the quarterback. Virginia. So I guess I have to somewhat apologize because I said I didn't want Tony Musket back in there. Now, Tony Musket had a crucial interception, but also three touchdowns. Um, so I guess I kind of have to apologize, but it didn't matter. Virginia loses to Boston College. And uh, look, I don't know where the wins are kind of come from. I don't know. You look at what happens. They've got William & Mary coming up. And William & Mary's coming off a loss. They don't look great. Uh, but if they don't beat William & Mary... Then it goes by week at North Carolina, at Miami, home Georgia Tech, at Louisville, five days later, home Duke, home Virginia Tech. I don't there's they're gonna they're not gonna go winless. They're not gonna go winless. But they might. Maybe the Georgia Tech game, if they don't beat William Mary. I still think Calandria should have started, but Tony Musket was better than I thought. Uh on the on the tech side. I mean, listen, Tech finally realized they have some weapons on offense. Tech finally decided to say, look, we've got a good offense in place, and we're going to use it. The Tootin kid was awesome. Uh, the defense was it said enough with regards to giving up a lot of running yards, and they played really well. Now, how much of that was they were home? How much were they motivated by a night game in Blacksburg? How much was all of that? Home underdog? I don't know. I don't expect them to beat North uh, to beat uh, Florida State this weekend. They are a heavy underdog in that game, but for one week, all is right in Blacksburg. And Tech is now two and three. They're one and zero in the ACC. And this is the good thing about the you know the conference play. You you wipe out everything that happened in those first four games, and now you have your goals in front of you. You're probably not going to beat Florida State, but guess what? Those next two: Wake Forest at home, Syracuse at home. I think there's a chance they can win both of those. You're probably not winning at Louisville. I'm not. Who knows at Boston College and then NC State at home and then at Virginia. There's four or five wins there potentially, but they got to keep playing good defense and they got to keep moving the ball offensively. I'm not saying they can't, but they at least figured it out for one night. Um, As I said, they are a heavy, heavy underdog. 
24 and a half points, which I don't know the last time Tech's been a 24 and a half point underdog to anybody in the ACC, but that's just crazy. That's that's a large number there. But it, I mean, Florida State's really good. You can argue they're the best team in the ACC. Uh, JMU gets the win. They have a bye week. I mean, listen, you know, the defense still has some issue, little issues, a little bit. They're not 100% healthy. Jordan McLeod was good. They ran the ball well. They made the stops when they had to. I mean, I, what else do I say? I know I heap the praise on JMU, but they're 5-0 and for a reason. They make winning plays. Uh, ODU looked very good for a half, and then the bottom fell out, but ODU competed. They were a 14 and a half. I did say last week, take ODU plus the points. They did cover. Plus 14 and a half. They won by they lost by six. Um there's optimism in 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 Norfolk now. You know, this is a team that could win more than the three and a half. I'm slightly worried about my under three and a half there for for Old Dominion. How good is Marshall? Marshall's defense is good, but Marshall also had the sandwich. Coming off the Tech game at home, rare Power 5 team in your own building, and then next week they're playing at NC State, so I don't think they were as focused in this one. We talked about that with Tim Murray. Um, ODU's at Southern Miss. They're the better team here. Southern Miss is a slight favorite, but I think ODU's better than Southern Miss. They just have to carry over the effort on the road, uh, uh, you know, coming up. Second straight road game for ODU. Um, And then you go and drop down a level, Randolph Macon put up 70 on Guilford and won 70 to 14. They're home on Saturday, Hall of Fame game um, against Averett. Hampton Sydney. By the way, Hampton Sydney loses 39 38. You know what Bridgewater did to win the game? They went for two in the last 30 seconds and they got it and they won the game. Somebody send the clipping to Ron Rivera so he knows. Uh, Virginia Union gets a nice win 47 7 over St. Augustine's. I mean, Virginia State. Steamrolls another opponent, fit 38-19 over Shaw. They're awesome. Virginia State's awesome. They're on the road again at Bowie State. Thank goodness. Go support them October 14th. Granted, it's homecoming, so I'm assuming they'll have a great crowd anyway. But go support Virginia State. They're home in, in two weeks. Rogers Stadium should be rocking for Bluefield State for homecoming. Not that it won't be anyway, but like if you're on the fence and you want to see some good local college football, obviously Randolph-Macon's really good. They're home this weekend. Uh, Hampton-Sydney is playing entertaining football. Virginia Union is also very good. Like, Please go support our local teams because they all deserve your support. If you're a disgruntled Tech fan or a disgruntled UVA fan, like there's good football within an hour away. Uh, Liberty is at home on Wednesday night, Thursday night. Because the Conference USA said, oh, the MAC is getting a lot of attention for what the MAC is doing. So they have games Wednesday, Thursday this week. Copycats. Copycats. Maction cannot be replicated. All right? Let's be honest here. Maction cannot be replicated. The craziness that is the MAC. And then National College Football. Um, look, I'm not, as I've said before, I'm not one of these people enjoying the demise of Colorado. Uh, I enjoy what Colorado brings. They are an exciting brand. I saw some people who were very unhappy with the broadcast because it felt like Gus Johnson and his color commentator were very, very, very pro-Colorado. Whatever. You know what? It's okay. I'm good with that. If they want to do that, that's fine. But the analyst and the and the commentator, they, um, whatever. Caleb Williams was awesome. Had six passing touchdowns. That game was also going to be closer than we expected. Um, you know, I think there's only like five good college football teams. 
maybe not even that. Georgia nearly lost to Auburn. They got a late touchdown. I think Michigan's really good, although Michigan's played nobody so far. Uh, Texas, I think, is really good. They'll get Oklahoma this weekend in the Red River shootout. Penn State's really good as much as I don't like that. Washington, I think, is good, although they, you know, are going to get some losses potentially to USC or Oregon. You know, once again, the irony of the Pac-12 and its final season of existence being arguably the best conference in football right now is not lost on me. That's why college football is great. Uh, Notre Dame, who loses a game in the last second and then wins a game towards the end against Duke, that was awesome. Um, I, I just think there's only like five or six really good teams in college football. I'm glad, once again, that we have four-team playoff because there probably are only going to be four teams who deserve to be there. So, it's another great Saturday. That's all there is to it. Another great to college football just delivers every Saturday, whether there's a lot of top 25 games or not. Georgia Tech blowing a huge lead to Bowling Green and losing the game outright after Georgia Tech was having a good start to their season. Like, there's just so many great stories uh, going on in college football. And I think that's why that sport, that's why I think the NFL's in a little bit of trouble, and they'll never be that much trouble because fantasy football and gambling, but like college football this year has been way better than the NFL. Way better. Way better. And I don't know if that's going to be a trend or anything, but we'll see. Let's take a timeout. We'll do our final segment. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. We gave you the Braves all regular season on this dial. Why would we stop now? 1061 ESPN is your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves games during the 2023 MLB playoffs. Don't miss a moment. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here. Um, I don't know. I just read a tweet from uh, Sauce Gardner who says, uh, maybe if I was a Swifty, they wouldn't have thrown the penalty on me. Uh, that ended the game. Listen, just saying, the league doesn't need more like controversy, doesn't need more like negative headlines, but like the whole like, hey, let's change our Instagram and let's change our Twitter to show her. Uh, it's dangerous pandering, dangerous, dangerous pandering to uh, a fan base that, yes, it would be nice to have the Swifties watching football, but it would not, you can't lose everybody else. That's uh, in the process. Do more Toy Story uh, broadcasts, less Taylor Swift centric ones. Although I will be interested to see what the Manning say about tonight because the Manning cast is tonight. And you know what the Manning cast is? It's two football players talking football. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to watch tonight. That's right. There's Monday Night Football tonight, Seattle and the Giants. Good luck to the Giants. We'll see if they can do anything without uh, Saquon Barkley tonight because I believe I saw he is doubtful for the game. Seattle, a road favorite on Monday Night Football. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. As always, tweet me at midmajormat at ESPN Richmond if you want to uh, talk over the next couple of days because we will not, I will not be on uh, tomorrow or Wednesday as we are the home of uh, Major League Baseball. And depending upon how the results go, I may not be on on Thursday. So if not, could talk to you on Friday as we get you set for a weekend of college and pro football. Thanks to AJ for all his hard work. I will take a break and end my show, but I will join Bob for the first hour of his show for Mashup Monday. Uh, so we'll hear what he has opinion-wise based off of my opinions. Back maybe on Thursday or Friday, 1061 ESPN.